0: Hey, what's going on everybody? This is David and Blake and we have some exciting news. We will no longer be called the coaches don't play sports podcast. We will now be called sports rants and takes with David and Blake.
1: Yes, some exciting
0: news that we would like to share with you all to open up this episode of the podcast. Everybody knows we went down last weekend. Huge weekend for college football, including Georgia shocking a lot of people and absolutely manhandling Clemson on both sides of the football. David, what surprised you about the game, or did anything surprise you at all?
1: Yeah, um, well, as our you know, and probably our viewers know, I don't really want to pick the game, but I did pick the game, and I said it would be, I said Clemson would win. Obviously, they didn't. But very surprising is that. George's defense basically played a perfect game. Um, kept Clemson like two whole rushing yards the whole game. Um, Sacked DJ seven times. I was crazy. I guess, you know, Clemson's offensive line can't block anyone to save their life. Um, and to be honest, DJ looked really rattled, you know, in the first three quarters, really. He didn't really look like himself. Um, I think a part to it had to be, obviously, George's scheme against him and then You know, maybe not enough experience in a big game. So, But I was very surprised by Georgia. Georgia's defense looks great. As far as their offense, I'm going to put a question mark beside it because I know they had a lot of players out. Um, So, yeah, Georgia might be for real this year.
0: Yeah, uh, I I agree with most of the things that you said. I think that they had a a really good performance on defense. Uh, The big uglies up front basically dominated both lines of scrimmages for Georgia, really. Uh, they, they pretty, they're pretty good, uh, on the offensive side of the ball when it, when it came to the offensive line, really projecting, protecting JT Daniels, uh, he didn't really hit the turf very often, which was good. They did what they could on the offensive side of the ball. As you said, a lot of injuries. It didn't have George Pickens, which is the main guy really, uh, that you would like to see with JT Daniels to really see what he's going to be about. Uh, going forward. But, yeah, uh, everybody knows the story. Uh, Clemson basically sold in their biggest game of the year, and uh, their offensive line couldn't block my grandmother, and uh, George took advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it best. They basically – Clemson basically did sell. Um, and, honestly, some of the receivers for Clemson got a step up. Uh, Joseph Nagata looked really good, though. He had the majority of DJ's bashing yards. Justin Ross, you know, a lot of people consider him one of the best wide receivers in the nation. He just really did not look that impressing, you know, against Georgia. You know, maybe it was to credit, you know, Georgia's corners and safeties, how they played them. Or maybe he's just not as good anymore after his injury and everything. But, uh, yeah, clemson, Clemson's clemson got to do something. And, you know, they should hopefully be able to figure this figure it out this weekend. They play more Bulldogs, good old SC State. So uh, hopefully they can get a W against those Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, really going forward for Clemson, the the thing is going to be, one, can they win out? Which I believe if you're an ACC football fan, you basically don't want that to happen. That's basically the last thing you want to happen, is Clemson to win out again, win the conference again, and it's just deja vu every single year for basically eternity is what it feels like if you're an ACC football fan. But uh, in the SEC, uh, turning the spotlight to the SEC, uh, Georgia, as you said, they look pretty legit uh obviously their biggest other competition is Bama and Texas A&M who are obviously on the west side of the SEC uh
1: who shit,
0: that was a good uh yeah ha 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 ha, ha. Uh, yeah yeah who yeah, yeah. I, I never heard of them they you know some just some random schools you know small market you know I think they're FCS oh, but, Sounds but, about uh,
1: right. but uh but uh
0: but yeah uh shifting gears to some of the other games that happened Alabama don't really have to i'm not gonna sit here and just brag over the mic for 50 minutes i could honestly i could
1: we are but who
0: we we are who we thought they were they are in fact who we thought they were and yep. alabama did not let miami off the hook as they absolutely basically embarrassed them on live television which uh if, you know, you heard my takes from, you know, last week's episode, basically I predicted that. I said the game was going to be over by, I think it was the end of the first quarter. I think David said specifically the, the first three drives, which <laughs> was very correct if you actually watched the game. Uh, it, it was, it was honestly, it was the biggest read I've ever seen anybody, anybody say. He was almost exactly correct. In the first three drives, we had more points than, miami would score the entire game so basically yeah uh, that was the only overview from the alabama game basically uh yeah everybody's really annoyed because alabama looks looks like the best team in the country again unless you think it's georgia which um which jameson uh, williams is a very good football player uh yeah you yeah i i had to personally you know personally talk to david you know i had to thank him you know for the lord's work that ohio state does and uh you know, training wide receivers and you know, fostering their talent because uh, uh he helped us out this weekend. But David, speaking of Ohio State, mm. Ohio State also played a game last week, didn't they? Against Miami and PJ Flex boys. What are your takeaways, Minnesota? Oh, no, Minnesota, sorry, Minnesota, Miami, whatever tongue twisters. Uh, I, I love how I knew, the coach, I knew the coach, but I didn't know the team. I knew I knew the coach, but I didn't know the team. Yeah, basically, they played Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. What were your
1: takeaways from the game? Mm. So I'm going to be honest. Minnesota looked really good. Um, feel kind of bad for them. Uh, their starting running back is out for the season. Injured himself, I think, late in the third quarter. Abraham, um, great running back. Probably best in the Big Ten without a doubt. Um, Minnesota schemed perfectly against our defense. You know, we got a brand-new linebacking core. Um, you know, they ran the ball great against us and everything. Uh, it was cool to see CJ Shroud finally play. Um, he looked really shaky in the first half. Um, <clears throat> I think he had like 54 yards in the first half. Um, but in the second half, he started to settle down, um, threw for eight passes, uh, five were caught, um, and four went for touchdowns. P- pretty, pretty good stat line, if you ask me. Um, but. You know Chris Olave does what Chris Olave does best. Garrett Wilson did what Garrett Wilson does best. Uh, Mayan Williams looks like he might be the starting running back for Ohio State after a strong nine carries, 125 yard game. But I think one thing to highlight is uh, Travion Henderson, our freshman, freshman running back. He caught a pass out of the backfield and took it for 70 yards in the second half. Man is. Stupid fast, stupid fast. it would be really, real interesting to see him throughout the year. But uh, yeah, CJ Stroud looked a little shaky in the first half. I'm um, not totally sold on Ohio's defense being trash because uh, we were missing our top two corners and a couple other players. So I have to see a little bit more out of them. And obviously, it's only week one. You know, you can't just, you know go ahead and sell a team out for you know after one game. Um, but yeah, you know. Hopefully CJ Stroud comes out this you know this Saturday against Oregon and plays a lot better for all four quarters, not just for one half.
0: Yeah, uh, and really the the next big test for Ohio State will be this weekend against Oregon, if you could even really call it a big test. Uh, as everybody knows on this podcast, we uh, we're not huge fans of the Pac-12, but uh, Oregon does seem to be the cream of the crop of the Pac-12 every single year. And they do, in fact, have the unfortunate pleasure of playing Ohio State this weekend. Now, many people thought, even with Kayvon Thibodeau, that it was going to be an uphill climb for Oregon in this game. But now they will be without Kayvon Thibodeau. He's out? For the game. I believe so. I think there was news that he was out. Correct me if I'm wrong. I do not think not think that he's playing in the game. And if he is, I don't know how and I don't think he'll be even remotely to the level that he usually plays at. Uh, he'll basically just be a decoy on that line, but moving forward,
1: there's no decision yet. It looks like he's going to be a game time decision.
0: Game time decision basically means you're out. If you're wearing a, if you're wearing a boot. The, if, you're wearing, if you were, a, if you were wearing a boot last week, the game time decision basically means you're out.
1: Yeah, I kind of, you know, I'm like upset that he's not playing. Yes. And no, because obviously he's a really good player, but, uh, I would really like to see Ohio State's line go against like a player of his caliber because they do say that Ohio State does have one of the best offensive line in the nation. So it would have been nice to see them go up against the best defensive player in the nation.
0: Yeah, uh, Kaylon Thibodeau, he's going to be a really, really high draft pick. Uh, honestly, a lot of people think that he could go first overall if one of these quarterbacks doesn't really, you know, rise to the top they don't become the the top dog like a lot of these quarterbacks usually do which we you know the trend has become take a quarterback first overall and give him the keys to your franchise and just don't look back but I think a team's going to heavily consider Kayvon Thibodeau probably as the first overall pick because that man is in fact a dog and the fact that he is not playing uh does not bode well for Oregon's chances. Uh I think the the spread David you were telling me the other day was 14 and a half in favor yes. of Ohio okay. State And uh, if I had the money, I would bet an an irrational amount of money on this game in favor of Ohio State. I don't think Oregon has any business being on the same football field with Ohio State. I don't think anybody that is not certifiably insane thinks that Oregon has any chances of even competing, honestly. The game probably will be over by the first quarter, uh, if I had to guess um Ohio State's one strength is that they legitimately have a track team of wide receivers. Uh every single one of their wideouts is better than almost any wideout that's ever played for Oregon. And they're going to probably win this game very convincingly and I think Ohio State is going to go back to the foregone conclusion that everybody thinks they're going to win the Big 10 and nobody has a sh- has a shot otherwise.
1: Yeah, if um CJ Stroud comes out and he looks good in the first half, comes out firing the ball. You know, offense is moving well. It's all, it's basically all, you know, what how CJ Stroud looks and everything. Um obviously, you know, Chris Olave and them, they're gonna do their thing that they do best. Uh Mayan Williams is, you know, gonna do his thing. Um but if CJ Stroud comes out and he looks great in the first quarter, first couple of drives, then um it could it could get out of hand.
0: Yeah, basically, the key to the game is, can Oregon stop Ohio State's offense? And if the answer is no, then it will be a very, very long night for Oregon. All right, moving on to the next game I want to talk about. Uh, There is another slightly big game played this weekend. Uh, Penn State played Wisconsin. And uh, Wisconsin uh, is who we thought they were. Uh, They cannot pass the ball to save their lives, as Wisconsin usually does every single year. Uh Penn State ends ends up edging them out for the win, David. Uh does this win make Penn State a legitimate contender in the Big Ten or do you think Wisconsin was just in over their head?
1: Um, I think I think Wisconsin was kinda in over their head, but um both defenses look really good for Penn State and Wisconsin. Um, but I think the thing with Penn State though is that their lineback core look great. Um they did really well stopping Wisconsin's run game, which that's basically all Wisconsin is. They can't throw a ball to, you know, save their life. So, would I say Penn State is for real? Um, Yes and no. I'm going to have to see them play another big team. Obviously, they got the, you know, the, the date with Ohio State on October 30th. So, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Penn State can keep it up and keep playing at a high level, though. But they... They did look really well against, they did look really good, excuse me, against Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, really the thing that impressed me about Penn State was not a lot of the the things that people said were keys before the game. I think Clifford, uh, he's to be determined whether or not he's really the guy there. I don't really think uh, the game against Wisconsin was really one of those games that uh, people were circling that he had to, he had to prove himself because uh, everybody knew Wisconsin was not going to score a million points. That's not, that's not what they do. Uh, that's not what a lot of teams in the Big Ten do that aren't named Ohio State. Uh, you will not see a lot of Big Ten teams scoring 50 points this year that are not named Ohio State. But uh, it, it was a good game. It was a nice old-school barn burner football game uh, that, you know, basically was a throwback to when everybody, you know, would just five yards in and in a cloud of dust, and they would just ram it right up the middle and hope something good happened. And uh, if you like that, then you – loved the game this weekend, and if you didn't, then it was probably the most boring game you've ever seen in your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. You know, Penn State did get a couple, you know, deep throws and everything like that off of Wisconsin's broken coverage. But, uh, you know, time will tell for both teams. But uh, another very interesting game was that uh, North Carolina lost to Virginia Tech. Big hopes for North Carolina this year. Sam Howell and the boys, Mack Brown. But uh, just like in DJ's case, uh, North Carolina's offensive line couldn't block my grandmother either. My gosh, their offensive line is atrocious. I feel so bad for Sam Howell.
0: Yeah, the one good thing about North Carolina is they do, in fact, play in that very weak ACC, so they're going to have – a good bit of room to reprove themselves redefine their their season in order to uh get into that that acc championship game uh one thing i will say about that game is that uh virginia tech did look very impressive in the game and that might be a factor moving forward in the season but yeah as you said the offensive line for for north carolina was just atrocious it didn't it does not bode well for Sam Howell's Heisman candidacy. Uh, a lot of people basically thought it ended after week one. Uh, and I would probably tend to believe them if the offensive line blocks as ineffectively as they did this weekend. Uh, another game I would like to talk about, and this will probably be the last college football game we talk about uh, because we need to get on to the college football games that are happening this weekend. Uh, LSU and UCLA played a little bit of a ditty on the West Coast, and the sissy blue shirts took it as <laughs> I predicted on last week's podcast. I don't know what it was about LSU; I wasn't sold on them, and a lot of people are joining my bandwagon this week as Coach Orgeron. You know, really, there's something wrong with the way he's doing things there. Uh, they might not be him; might be other pieces of the staff, but LSU—they're just not the team they were in 2019 and they just cannot get over the fact that they, that, you know, they just were not good last year. And they got beat by a lot of teams that they should have beat last year. And I think it's, I think it's messing with them mentally. And I think they're just not going to get over it.
1: Yeah. Very surprised that uh, they lost to UCLA, but Hey, maybe Chuck Kelly's got the boys going and maybe, maybe UCLA makes a little noise in the pack 12, you know, but uh, time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. And Oregon needs to tighten things up, and uh, LSU needs to start winning a couple more games, or else uh, he might get the boot.
0: Yeah, that's a that'll be an interesting story moving forward. I all think right, another
1: David, wait another interesting game that we're forgetting about: good old Oklahoma and Tulane. All right, uh, let me just go ahead and uh, let
0: me let me just go ahead and say something about this game. If you, for a second in your life, thought that Oklahoma is going to have a good defense. Neck yourself right now. Just add, just neck yourself. Because Tulane made Oklahoma's defense look like they were some high school B team in the second half with the way that they were just chucking crossers. They were just throwing it deep every other play. It just didn't matter. And honestly, I'm not sold on Spencer Rattler. He was rattled in the second half of that game, and he barely edged out lane, which is does not bode well for Oklahoma's chances at a college football playoff run and a national title run. Ah, come on. Can't be
1: hating on that? I'm just kidding. Oklahoma's defense is... Atrocious. Spencer Rattler, I think, threw like two or three picks. Or you know. Might have a good offense, but pff, better be putting up seventy every game or else they're gonna lose one or two.
0: Yeah, basically that's just the story with Oklahoma every single year. More more of the same. Uh Lincoln Riley is gonna have to do some soul searching. He's gonna have to go on uh, uh he's gonna have to go on get him a new DC Zip <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's gonna need to uh you know reassess his life here all right david where are some games to watch out for this week on the college football docket
1: obviously Ohio state oregon big one can't miss it um tomorrow night you got coast carolina kansas coast carolina let's get real who the hell is kansas never heard of her um florida south florida we'll highlight that because they're ranked uh probably florida um South Florida sucks. They lost forty-five to nothing to NC State. Um, Auburn versus Alabama State. Auburn loves beating teams from Alabama, so they'll probably win that one. Notre Dame Toledo. Notre Dame, come on. Jack Conan didn't look too. They look pretty good. Look pretty good playing Florida State. Um, Virginia Tech, Middle Tennessee. Um, probably Virginia Tech, but uh, who knows? Maybe they they'll suck this weekend because uh, sometimes Virginia Tech likes to do that. Georgia UAB, everyone say a prayer for UAB. They're getting murdered. Texas A&M, Colorado. Um, Texas A&M honestly didn't look that good in the first half against Kent State. I mean, they got things going in the second half, so maybe they can get things going in the first half against Colorado or else they might be in a hell date because Colorado's not a shabby team. Cincinnati Murray State, Cincinnati by a lot. Penn State, Ball State. Um, Ball State is not ball, so Penn State. Everyone, please say a player for Mercer because Mercer has to play Alabama. Um, there's actually not even a line to hey, bet on for a, that game.
0: That, that's a quality football team right
1: there. there. There's actually not even a line to bet on that game, so that just tells you something. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Vegas, I don't think want any piece of that game. There. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Then you got Iowa, Iowa State, <clears throat> the good old in-state rivalry. Um, Iowa looked really well last week. You know, held Indiana to three points. As far as Iowa State, they snuck out of their game, winning only by six against a nobody. So this will be an interesting one um, for Brock Purdy and the boys. Iowa State is favored, but um, it all depends on how good is Iowa and do they show up? And does Brock Purdy and everyone else show up? Because Iowa State does have a pretty good offense.
0: Basically, the philosophy for this game is, do you think the Cyclones are the team that they were in week one? Or do you think that it was a slow start? Because it, because if we get the Cyclones from last week, it's Iowa by 90. But <laughs> if we get the Cyclones from last year, you can make a very, very good argument that the Cyclones just win it outright. But unfortunately for all of those Big 12 fans out there, uh, the Big 12 not look not looking great. Not gonna lie, you not looking great. So yeah the uh the I the whole Iowa State Cyclones I think are gonna drop on this week to Iowa and I think Iowa is gonna show people that they are in fact for real and that defense is for real and I think they get another win.
1: Uh you know, I'm gonna play devil's advocate and yeah, you know, just for a good old time's sake. I'm gonna pick Iowa State. Because they have the um they have the experience, Brock Purdy and those boys. Uh, what's her running back's name? Oh, gosh, he's good. What's his name? Brees Hall. Know. Yeah, Brees Hall. Those guys, uh, they get things going. Last week was a little just a little hiccup, uh, but made them realize that they can lose games, and I think they tighten everything up, and they get the W against Iowa. <clears throat> then Let's you go got – You just don't want Iowa to be good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Iowa sucks. Anyways, <laughs> Then you got Clemson, South Carolina State. I'd hope Clemson would win this game, but Lord only knows Oklahoma, Western Carolina. I don't know. Western Carolina might surprise people if they're just as good as Tulane. Um, Texas, Arkansas. That's an interesting one because a lot of people have picked Arkansas in this game, but I think old Steve Sarkeesian's got, a uh, got Texas off the Henny. And I think, I think Texas wins, but I think it's going to be a close one.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a game. A lot of people have been highlighting is, uh, the Texas, Arkansas game. Uh, Arkansas, they were a lot better than their record would have told you last year. They had to play a very, very tough schedule last year, uh, yeah. and they showed a they showed a little bit of fight last year. Uh, it's not going to be one of those games you just roll out of bed and win for Texas. But uh, I would tend to agree with you. I think Sark is in fact going to be off the henny, and I think they're going to get another another nice old signature win back to back weeks and uh texas is going to show people that they can and will compete in the big 12 this year
1: yep uh next game after that would be the wisconsin eastern michigan as long as you know wisconsin can run the ball it should be pretty fine another interesting one miami app state uh app state does have the late chase bryce if anyone remembers that clemson legend from the underhand throw um on App State. Uh, so that might one might be an interesting one. App State's not a bad team. Miami's only favored by 9, so could go either way. Um it's also uh, it's also App State.
0: So there every yeah. single person that's favored over App State uh, sweats, a, sweats you know just a little bit.
1: That, that's a strong god. Uh, after that is Old Miss, Austin Pay. Uh, indeed Matt Corral is that guy if you watch Monday night. So Old Miss by a lot. North Carolina versus Georgia State. Um, hopefully, North Carolina figure out figures out how to you know block an offense defensive line, excuse me. And if they do, uh, Sam Howell probably has a pretty good game, and they win that one. Then you got the holy war: Utah versus BYU. Probably Utah to get real. BYU, you ain't got no Zach Wilson trash. Another interesting one, another rivalry: Southern Cal Stanford. Keaton Slovis looked pretty good in his first start. Yeah, for a season, I'm gonna have to go Southern Cal.
0: Yeah, so I don't know uh, anyone
1: on Stanford. They don't yeah, have CMC. I,
0: I think uh I think Southern Cal is is uh one of the one of the Pac twelve teams that actually can play football. And uh I think that means that they're just outright better than Stanford, up uh, I mean, I couldn't even, as you said, I couldn't even name you a player on Stanford, uh, but uh, Southern Cal, you know, they got Keaton Slovis who becomes, you know, the ultimate equalizer and, you know, the ultimate trump card. And yeah, I think they also get the win.
1: Yep. And then the last ranked team to play on the night would be Arizona state versus UNLV. Probably, UNL. probably, probably Arizona state wins this one. Uh, this is not basketball. Um, this is also not in the 90s when UNLV was good at basketball. Uh, Tate Martell was irrelevant. He only not think he made the roster on UNLV. So Arizona State by a lot because Jaden Daniels is a very good quarterback.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, now that we're done with, uh, so what, with what some would say is a bit of a lackluster week two of college football, not a lot of huge matchups, you know, the Oregon Ohio state's the biggest matchup of the weekend or, or Iowa, Iowa state, which is the one that I think most people are, are, you know, hanging their hat on to be the best game of the weekend. Uh, but we do in fact, finally have NFL football that is actually occurring as we speak the game between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, David, just go ahead. Uh, we're cheating a little bit, but who do you think is going to win the game and why is it the Bucks?
1: Okay, so why is it the Bucks? Okay, first off, it's the Bucks because Tom Brady is already zero and 0 and 0 yards. Leonard Fournette already has two carries for eight yards. Dak Prescott is already three for six for forty nine yards, and Ezekiel Elliott already has three carries for ten yards. And Amari Cooper has caught one pass for twenty eight yards. But see, the problem is, is that the Cowboys marched all the way down the field just to go, on, just to get sacked twice on a fourth fifteen on Tampa Bay's forty four, and suck absolute butt cheeks. When they get past the fifty-yard line, so it's going to be the Bucs because the Bucs retained everyone in the off season, and Tom Brady is Jesus. So let's get real; he's going for eight. The only person I can stop him not going for eight is probably maybe Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is yet to beat him in the postseason. I'd honestly say probably Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams, depending on how good that offense is, but uh. You know, the Bucks. you know, according to FPI, uh, they have a 65% chance of winning this game. And uh, honestly, you know, I think they have like an 80% chance of winning this game unless Tom Brady forgets that it's, uh, you know, third down. And then he throws a boo-boo pass on fourth down. And then he's like, wait a second. I thought it was third down.
0: Basically, yeah. Uh, Tom Brady will, in fact, have to forget. He'll have to develop amnesia at halftime and forget how to play football in order for the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. But in all seriousness, Knows and Martin. who's on
1: the who's on the Cowboys defense?
0: Uh, they actually picked up my boy Keanu Neal in the off season, who, which, which actually does in fact improve their secondary. Who? Yes, that is how bad their secondary was last year. <laughs> that Keanu Neal improves their secondary, but yeah, uh, you know, Tom Brady got off to a slow start. Obviously, I don't think that's gonna last very much no, longer. That, that doesn't matter. Um. Basically, in this game, no Zach Martin means no W for the Cowboys moving on. Uh the there the next going. the next big game is uh Pittsburgh and Buffalo, two playoff teams from the AFC. Irrelevant uh, Buffalo by a lot. Yeah. Uh I think everybody thinks Buffalo. Uh Pittsburgh has a lot more questions, and Buffalo's got a lot more answers. And uh Josh Allen did in fact prove that he was that guy last year and i think he will continue to be that guy for buffalo and i think we're both taking buffalo in that
1: game oh Uh, wait a second but big ups to tj watt he just got a new deal big ups to him
0: congratulations to tj watt making more money than i would probably ever see in my lifetime in one
1: day that's that's just facts
0: all right um (laughs) all right the next game is uh the jets in the carolina panthers an interesting game as everybody knows Carolina Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold was a top pick of the New York Jets. Sam Darnold uh, is welcoming the Jets to his new house uh, there in uh, there in Carolina, and uh, I think everybody probably is going to pick the Panthers to win this one. Uh, if Zach Wilson, you know, plays really well in the game, I could see the Jets winning, but uh, my better judgment probably says I'm going to go Carolina.
1: Yeah. Uh, as long as you get a healthy CMC, uh, no one in the league could stop him. Uh, as long as Sam Darnold's also not seeing Ghost on the field, and he can, you know, put past Robbie Anderson, they should be pretty fine. am not saying that Zach Wilson's bad, but it's his first NFL game, and that's, that's a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, uh, and also uh, the big kicker is that, uh, you know, Sam Darnold doesn't have Adam, Adam Gase anymore, so... That's, yes, uh, a, just, that's, a, a, that's pretty good news for him. Uh, the next game is uh, the Tank Bowl against the Jaguars and the Texans. Um, basically, it's flip a coin. The dumpster fireball. Whatever whatever you think. Uh, if Trevor Lawrence is that guy, he probably gets the W here. Uh, the Texans are basically fielding, fielding a practice squad as an NFL team this year. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for Tyrod. Uh Tyra Taylor's one of those guys where he's a consummate professional. He just puts his head down. He gets puts in the work. And hopefully he can pick up a couple games with the Texans. I don't know. Maybe they extend him because Deshaun Watson, you know, has to have another court hearing or something. I don't know. But uh in my opinion, Jacksonville's probably taking this one.
1: Yeah. I might have to agree with you. Um as long as, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, can be Trevor Lawrence from college, then Jacksonville should have no problem winning this game. The Texans are caught awful
0: the next game is uh arizona and tennessee to, uh, sh- having a showdown in tennessee uh arizona this is going to be a big year for them uh cliff kingsbury is his i'm not going to say he's on a hot seat his seat is is warm it's it's been kept warm this entire offseason. and i think that uh if they start losing early i think it will heat up more gradually and more gradually until the end of the year um they play a Titans team that had some signature offseason acquisitions, the biggest one being future Hall of Famer Julio Jones. Who? Um Yeah, who? Yeah, you know, never heard of him. You know, he's irrelevant now. He doesn't play for the Falcons anymore, so he's irrelevant. Oh but uh, but if, if we're going to be honest, uh, that just makes that offense even better. Uh, that's just another weapon that they add. Uh, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, the problem was not the offense last year. It was the defense. That's a real big question. For Tennessee and that doesn't really bode well for them in their first game they're playing a high powered Cardinals offense and I think that's why the Cardinals probably are gonna win um Tennessee probably is gonna probably gonna take them a couple games to settle in their defense uh don't get me wrong I think Tennessee is a playoff team but I also think the Cardinals are a playoff team so I think the Cardinals probably get the win here in week one
1: sorry Tom Brady's just over here throwing dots now um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I got Kyler Murray on the fantasy team. I'm going to need him to ball out like good old Kyler Murray. Um, you know, they picked up freaking. they got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, is Fitzgerald playing again? Um, I'm not sure. They did pick up AJ Green. Um, we'll see if he's, you know, plays a little bit better with a better quarterback. Um yeah, both teams are obviously probably playoff contenders. Tennessee's probably more of a secure pick than the Cardinals because Cardinals play in a little tougher division. But I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd see the Cardinal I probably see the Cardinals making it to the playoffs this year. Not a bad defense, you know, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, and the boys. Um, but yeah, the big question also with Tennessee is their defense, because <laughs> <laughs> they suck. Kevin
0: yeah, they Bird are. sucks.
1: They, Malcolm uh, Butler sucks.
0: They uh, they were not very good last year, and that's going to be the real big toss-up is the matchup that's going to matter is going to be Tennessee's defense against Arizona's offense. Mm. And How many Aaron, yards does Derrick Henry go? Um, well, Derrick Henry is basically the most consistent player ever graces planet so he will in fact go for over a 100 yards barring any injury but i don't think i need to tell anybody at home that uh moving on to the next game uh the los angeles chargers i'm never gonna get used to that are taking on the washington football team um in that is an interesting matchup um the washington football team uh new quarterback ryan fitzmagic um hoping to capture lightning in a a bottle once again this year uh, as Tom Brady and the Bucs maneuver it down to the Dallas five-yard line. Um, Basically, this game game becomes... Can Fitzmagic do it again, or does Justin Herbert get his first real big win of his career as a starting quarterback of the chargers and he starts out, he's going to start out. Well, a lot of people are very high on the chargers, the chargers for once in their lives. Honestly, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to jinx them. They, uh, they, let's just say they have the entire squad for what seems like the first time in forever. Um, the chargers, they're talented team. Uh, they got a lot of, they got a lot of playmakers and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Chargers probably take this one, but if you think that uh, Herbert's going to be a little bit off-footed, a little bit off-balance because of that Washington football team defensive line, I would not blame you. Um, Tampa Bay scored. Yes, in fact, they did. Now, Tampa Bay did, in fact, score. Um, but, yeah, basically I think nine, the Chargers— Nine plays,
1: 94 yards, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, that Cow- Dallas Cowboys defense looking uh looking fantastic once again this year. <laughs> Um yeah, but uh, but as I was saying the Chargers are probably going to take this one. Uh, I think the football team the football team's going to win the NFC least. don't get me wrong. Uh the Cowboys showed you a good reason of that right then and there when they gave up that, you know, nine play 94-yard drive. Uh but but yeah, uh David, what's your take on the game and do you think the Chargers are also
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting matchup cuz obviously Washington has one of the best defenses in the NFL. You can make the argument that they might have the best. Uh, we won't get into that, Dawson Stebbins. But, uh, yeah, you know, Chargers have Justin Herbert, a healthy squad, knock on wood. that they keep healthy? Um, So I think basically this game comes down to, uh, can the you know football team's defensive line get pressure on Justin Herbert and, you know, get a couple of sacks, maybe force a couple of turnovers or something? Or does Justin Herbert do what Justin Herbert does and just, you know, dots up that secondary and Keenan Allen goes off, you know? Yep.
0: That, that's basically a, the, that's basically the question.
1: And it'll be a really interesting, you know, you know, see Washington's, you know, offense, obviously you have Terry McLaurin and uh, Antonio Gibson, who's really good back. You know, he had a great season last year. Everyone knows who Terry McLaurin is. Let's get real. He's pretty, pretty underrated wide receiver, but he's good. Um, Yeah. It, it all depends on, magic, though, for that game is how good will Washington play. It all depends on him.
0: Yeah, that's the real big takeaway. And uh, moving on to the next game on the docket, one that I wish I did not have to talk about, but I do. Uh, Philadelphia plays Atlanta in Atlanta. That's Um, a toilet bowl. Interesting thing about the Atlanta Falcons. No matter how bad we've been, we find a way to beat the Eagles in the opener. I don't know what the streak is, but it's pretty darn good against the Eagles in opening games. Last year, uh, we do you won know the off Eagles of the beat screen. the
1: Patriots in the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, but do you know who beat them in the opener the week a- the year after? It was us. <laughs> don't matter. Then, you know, you know going to be, who beat them in the opener last year? It was us. You know who's going to beat them in the opener again? The Probably Eagles. us. Um, the. Atlanta Falcons, it uh, doesn't really matter how good they are. I'm pretty sure they can field their practice squad, and for some reason they beat the Eagles in the opener. Um, the Falcons are going to win this game. Don't get me wrong. It has nothing to do with how good they're going to be this season. They can win by 50 <laughs> and still go 1-16. Do, if you're a Falcons fan, if you're a Fal- Falcons fan, do not get your hopes up when we when we win the opener, like, you do, like we do every single year. We probably will win the opener against the Eagles, but it does not mean we are going to be good.
1: Is all I'm gonna say. Ah, you're just a hater. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurst starting. could not tell you who the Eagles have on offense besides Miles Sanders. Oh, Demetrius. obviously irrelevant. He hasn't played an NFL game yet, so we'll have to see how good he is in the NFL.
0: So yeah, it uh, doesn't bode well that that's their best wideout right now.
1: Yeah, um, but to be honest, you know. The Falcons' best cornerback is AJ Terrell, so if that says anything. But uh <laughs> It helps when um, you don't have to cover
0: any good wide receivers.
1: <laughs> but um yeah, probably Falcons win this one. Got a track record of beating the Eagles in the opener. Uh Calvin Ridley's really good, proved that last year when, you know, Julio Jones is out, so Yeah, Matt Ryan probably throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns, but they'll end up going like five and twelve.
0: Yeah, uh, probably won't be very good this year. Uh, spoiler for anybody who thought we were going to be good. Uh, we traded the best, you know, the the best or the second best player in the history of our franchise this offseason. So the fact that we would be better than we were last year is kind of hilarious. Unless Kyle Pitts is, in fact, Calvin Johnson like everybody thinks he is. And uh, he catches like 130 balls for 1900 yards this year. Uh, we will be better. One of the worst teams in the league, and we will be picking at the top of the draft again this year. But uh, moving on from my uh, emotional distress and pain, uh, the Minnesota Vikings uh, play the Cincinnati Bengals or the the team that has a wide receiver that complains about whether or not the football has stripes on it. Um, Jamar Chase uh, complained uh, today that the NFL footballs don't have stripes on them. So they're hard to see. Maybe he needs to go get Lasix like Jameis did. uh, That was helping him out. Uh, I don't really know anybody in the world that would pick the Bengals to win this game. And if you did, I would ask you why and what drugs are you taking? Because I want them. Uh, But if we're going to be real here, Minnesota is going to get the win. I mean, they're returning. They're returning uh, that man that uh, wears number 33, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook's probably going to have a pretty darn good game this weekend. Uh, people who drafted Dalvin Cook in fantasy uh, are going to be pretty happy with their performance probably. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals still don't have an off, offensive line to block for Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow's probably going to have PTSD from last year, and they're probably going to lose.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Minnesota's got that name man named uh, Justin Jefferson. He can actually see the football, which is crazy. It's weird how he can see it. But yeah, Vikings probably win this one pretty easily. Um, maybe the Bungles show a little improvement, but their defense is atrocious, so that doesn't matter. And you just better hope and pray if you draft Jamar Chase that he can catch a football.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, the Detroit, I'm not even going to call them the lines, the Detroit House Cats are playing the San Francisco 49ers with a quarterback porn star Jimmy in fact getting the start a lot of people thought that Kyle Shanahan might throw a wrench in there and uh, start Trey Lance Uh, that would not be the case Jimmy Garoppolo will in fact be the starter but there has been rumors that there will that Trey Lance will get some playing time in the game Uh, might even be you know a couple minutes. might even get in for a drive or two might even see Trey Lance to be fair they're probably going to beat Detroit by 40 so you probably will see Trey Lance in this game Uh, Detroit basically has no talent on either sides of the ball they got rid of the only wide receiver that made them relevant in kenny galladay and basically now all they have is a a deteriorating jared goff and a a coach that likes to
1: yell into the microphone a lot (laughs) Uh, yeah i couldn't agree anymore jared goff sucks if you listen to this podcast you know we hate jared goff he's trash he's atrocious knock on we wood we don't hate
0: jared goff as a person we just don't like his football
1: document. No, correct but a uh, knock on wood 49ers whole defense is healthy as long as they stay healthy one of the best in the nfl obviously so they probably get a couple sacks uh i'm gonna think uh, i'm gonna say 35 to 7 49ers
0: yeah, honestly, I don't know what the line is on this game, but I'd bet my house on it in favor of the
1: 49ers. It's eight to San Francisco.
0: All right. Well, yeah, go ahead, now, If you think that uh the 49ers are going to win by less than eight points, then uh uh let's just say I don't agree, but but uh I don't know. I guess take take uh the Detroit Lions to cover, I guess. I don't I don't know. Um uh actual good game that's happening this weekend against two two teams that will probably make the playoffs and uh probably be a foregone conclusion that both of them will make the playoffs uh unless you know another player in seattle decides that he hates the seahawks like uh russell wilson and uh jamal adams did this this offseason but uh but uh seattle CD lamb
1: caught a touchdown
0: all right there you go well, there we go we have all oh, we have we have your live updates why even watch the game when you, you know you can listen to it Seven plays, 75 yards uh dak prescott owners rejoice as a uh, CD Lamb catch the touchdown. Uh but but uh as I was talking about, the Seattle Seahawks will in fact play the Indianapolis Colts uh at one o'clock. Uh the Indianapolis Colts, pretty darn good team last year, headed by Philip Rivers. Uh they now have uh quarterback Carson Wentz or Carson Wentz, as a uh, skip Bayless likes to call him because he is injured a obnoxious amount of the time, if you are a former Eagles fan. Uh there's no secret that the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and they probably will be able to keep Wentz upright. So I think that Wentz will actually have a pretty darn average season, which will be a welcome change from last year in Philadelphia when he was basically a dumpster fire on the field. Now, will it help Indianapolis wins this game? Probably not. Uh, Seattle usually starts, starts out pretty hot. Um, I'm uh, probably going to take Seattle just because they have Russell Wilson. Oh, what a take! What a what a what, what, I'm going out on a limb here and saying Russell Wilson's good at football. Well, oh boy, but but yeah, uh, yeah, I think Seattle probably wins. It's probably close. Uh, Indianapolis got a good defense, got an O line. They're going to control the clock, run the ball with uh, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, but I think uh, Seattle probably edges this one out.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. Uh, both really good teams. Obviously, Colts really good defense. Um, Seattle's got a pretty good offense, you know. DK Metcalf, you know Russell Wilson, um, Chris Carson, and the guys. So, yeah, it'll be probably another close one. Um, just like you said, the Colts will do just enough to keep uh, Carson Wentz upright for an average season. So, but I'm gonna say uh, I probably say yeah, probably Seattle by a field goal, three points. I think it's fair.
0: Yeah, uh, the next game is a very interesting one. Uh, one that's near and dear to David's heart. Uh, Miami will in fact be traveling to Foxborough this weekend to take on the new look Patriots headed by my man, Mac 10 Mac daddy, whatever you want to call him, Mac Jones. Uh, this is probably the first time I will ever be rooting for a Patriots player to succeed in my life, but yeah, uh, new look team, uh, on offense, that is the Patriots as they're going to be headed by Mac Jones. Uh, in the preseason Mac Jones did look like he's going to be a breath of fresh air from Cam Newton. Uh, you know, hasn't played football. That's counted yet. But, uh, if I know anything about Mac Jones, he's going to be prepared. He's not going to make himself look silly. And uh, I think that's the reason why the Patriots will in fact get the W.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones really did look really good in the preseason. Looked very poised in the pocket and everything. Um, hoping that he plays well. If he doesn't, um, might have to go yell at Nick Saban, but uh, yeah, uh, Dolphins are pretty good. Um, we'll have to see how Tua is, you know, first real start as an NFL quarterback. He's obviously a good quarterback from college, but the NFL is a different game. Um, This one will be an interesting one, though, but I'd probably say another close game on this one. I don't I don't see any, either team blowing each other out, so.
0: Yeah, uh, it'd probably be another close game. Uh, a lot of the later games, uh, as the NFL does, oh, it's almost like the NFL knows how to schedule games, are a lot of the better ones. Uh, another good game that, that, that's coming up is going to be Cleveland-Kansas City. Uh, Cleveland would probably like nothing more than to embarrass Kansas City in this game, as uh, my boy Chad Henney did a number on him in the playoffs, and Patrick Mahomes got dinged up a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Cleveland probably not going to win this one. Uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes uh, have made a business of just absolutely embarrassing people in September, and uh, I think it probably continues as uh, the Browns are going to get humble a little bit here in Week 1.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, You know, the Browns signed Jadeveon Kalani, so it'll be interesting to see how they pair him with Miles Garrett. Um, Baker Mayfield can't complete a pass unless he's rolling out on a play action so and Patrick Mahomes is that guy so yeah I'd say it's a safe pick to pick the Chiefs to win this game because Browns they're they aren't bad the Browns are going to be in the running for the playoff but uh they're just they're just not as good as the Chiefs
0: yeah I don't think that's a uh, revolutionary stance a lot of people uh are picking the Browns as their dark horse Super Bowl pick and don't get me wrong if Baker takes that next that next step and becomes one of these elite quarterbacks that can actually deliver the ball from the pocket, as you were saying, David, uh, they could, in fact, take the next step. They're loaded on both sides of the ball offensively. It's just Pro Bowlers everywhere, uh, as far as they I can see. But yeah, basically, they're going to go as far as Baker. And uh, I don't think it's going to take them real far this Sunday uh, against Kansas City. Uh, the next game is uh, an interesting one. As uh, it's gonna be the last dance for Aaron Rodgers, there up up there in a uh, good old Green Bay, uh, taking on the new look New Orleans Saints, headed by thirty for thirty turnover factory himself, Jameis Winston. Uh, what do you think is gonna happen, and do you think Jameis Winston is gonna absolutely shock some people this weekend?
1: Um, I think he is gonna shock some people. Um, so the new look Saints, you know, won't be as you know short throwing; will be a little some deeper throws um but you know no Michael Thomas yeah everyone we know he complains on Twitter but he can play football let's get real he can catch a football pretty well um and I don't think Alvin Kamara can carry the weight of the whole Saints to get them a win in this game obviously the Packers have you know Aaron Rodgers and you know Devontae Adams that's like the deadliest duo basically in the NFL besides maybe Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So the saints will look different as far as better. Um, time will tell but, uh the Packers will probably win this game, but it'll be a good one to watch. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I think it'll be a, a more exciting brand of football to watch. Obviously if you're a saints fan, I feel like they're going to take a lot more chances because basically they have to, because they don't have, they're not going to have the surgical precision, uh, of Drew Brees just making those nice little nice little chip throws, you know, matriculating the ball down the field as they used to. But, uh, yeah, I think Green Bay is probably going to take this one. I think the experience just just overrides anything New Orleans really can do. Uh, it would take a all-time performance, I think, from Jameis Winston, which, don't get me wrong, Jameis Winston is talented enough to do so, and it would not surprise me if Jameis Winston uh, throws for a crazy amount of yards in this game. As uh, the Packers' secondary, was shown to be a little bit suspect in the playoffs last year as a good old Tommy Boy in the Buccaneers showed in the NFC title game. Uh, But yeah, uh, I'm going to have to go with you, and I'm going to say Green Bay takes this one. Uh, Another interesting game is uh, the Denver Broncos uh, taking on the New York Giants. There's
1: nothing interesting about that game.
0: It's interesting because of how uninteresting it is, in my opinion.
1: Another toilet bowl.
0: Do you think... That the Denver Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater are a playoff team. A lot of people do. If you ask, I'm gonna
1: have it. to see Teddy play.
0: Basically, that is the question. This game is can Teddy Bridgewater throw for more than 200 yards in an NFL game? And if he can, then by golly, New York Giants fans, you gonna need help because there ain't no way that the Giants are gonna win this game if Teddy plays even above average. The uh, the Broncos are loaded on defense, as they usually are. Uh, really, the only question was, can they move the ball on offense? Drew Locke, obviously a turnover machine. Um, but basically, yeah, uh, Daniel Dimes, also another turnover machine, just loves handing out those free footballs to the other team. And uh, basically, it's who can limit the mistakes and who can play the most complete four quarters of football. And if I had to guess, it would probably be Denver.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll have to agree. Uh even though both teams are just absolute trash. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, when he did play for Minnesota, he wasn't bad before, you know, his injuries and stuff. But uh Danny Dimes sucks. No offense to Giants fans. He's awful. Your defense is awful. Mac Jones was dotting your first string defense in the preseason. Y'all suck. Okay, y'all suck. Broncos right, well. defense gets them the win though.
0: All right, I don't think Giants fans need need that. All right, I don't think they need but it. Y'all suck. Y'all are awful. <laughs> All right, well, moving moving on to an interesting, uh, an actually interesting game, and not you know, ironically interesting. Uh, Chicago will in fact play the Rams. Uh, you're going to see two new quarterbacks for both these teams. You're going to see the uh, the Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton, for the Chicago Bears, and you're going to see Sam Bradford—not Sam Bradford, uh, fucking Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford. So I was Louise. looking. At, I was looking at a headline about Sam Bradford. I'm just very stupid. Um, Matthew Stafford uh, for for these for these Rams. Uh, Matthew, Sta- uh, Matthew Stafford basically toiled in the gulag that was Detroit for his entire career. Uh, And now Jared Goff is going to have to toil there without him. Now, whether or not you think that Matthew Stafford makes the Rams the best team in the NFL, it undoubtedly makes them a lot better. This means, by default, they are better than the Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy, who I'm not sure doesn't just read off of the ask Madden coach suggestions every single time he calls plays on offense. So honestly, the Rams are probably going to get this one and it probably won't be surprising to literally. Anymore.
1: Yeah. It'd be, be cool to see the Rams, you know, with Matthew Stafford, you know, obviously really good quarterback. Um, see how that offense is, you know, Sean McVay's pretty good, pretty, pretty good offense, pretty good at, you know, <clears throat> compiling up a good offense and everything. Young coach. Um, The Bears just have a good defense. Um, Wish we could see Justin Fields, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, the Rams are definitely going to win this game either way, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. If uh, Justin Fields was starting, I think the Bears have a lot better of a chance. Um, He's honestly just a more dynamic player. He obviously just, you know, more things to watch out for. But, alas, he's not. So, the Bears will not be winning this weekend. All right, the final matchup that has become a lot more interesting in the yes. past couple hours today um Baltimore is going to have to go to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders uh Baltimore basically became the uh, American Red Cross team today as uh two another two of their signature players went down Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters both toward their ACL in practice meaning that they are without any of their starting running backs and will have to you know, call up Le'Veon Bell to be the Bell Cowback. So whether or not you you believe that Le'Veon Bell is good enough and that uh, Lamar is just going to carry them to victory against the Raiders, uh, I do not think that, believe it or not. I think the Raiders probably are going to win this game just because of the injuries. They're probably going to have to figure a lot of this stuff out. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think Baltimore will be the better team overall in the year, but I think the Raiders and John Gruden will kind of catch him off guard because of a lot of the, a lot of the injuries and uh you know a lot of those secondary players going to have to play in different rotations because of the loss of Marcus Peters and uh Derek Carr is in a terrible quarterback. Uh he's got weapons. I mean Darren Waller's probably the most talented tight end in the NFL. If you faced him in fantasy last year, you know what I'm talking about. Uh he was just a monster. And uh Josh Jacobs uh, runs through runs through defensive lines like he does walls at airports. Uh, basically, I think that the Raiders are probably going to snag a win on Monday night, and I think Baltimore is going to have to do some soul searching.
1: Yeah. Feel bad for the Raiders. You know, lost J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. The, Ra-
0: the Ravens, sorry. Oh, yeah, both, me. The Ravens. Both are names, which is which, which is
1: which is interesting. Well, a little confusing. yeah, but you know, feel bad for the Ravens. Lost J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and then Marcus Peters. So that offense is going to look really interesting. Um, is Rashad Bateman going to play? I heard. I don't. I don't know if he is. I know that he was dealing with I heard, injury.
0: Uh, I heard Bateman was nicked, and that he probably won't play.
1: Yeah, so it's just gonna basically be Lamar Jackson running around and dancing in the pocket or running the ball or just throwing the ball to Dagum, Mark Andrews. They're gonna but, be uh, running
0: a lot of RPOs with Mark Andrews, just I'll just let you know right now.
1: Yeah, uh but it'll be interesting to see uh you know the Raiders, you know, Derek Carr, you know, come you know, play a little bit better this year. Uh they're not a bad team to be honest. Um a little sus at wide receiver, um see what Henry Ruggs can do. Brian Edwards, you know, Renfro, those boys, Josh Jacobs, as long as he doesn't drive his car into the airport, he should be fine. Um, be interesting to see the Raiders defense. So haven't, haven't heard anything good about the Raiders defense in a while though.
0: Yeah. uh, The Raiders, a lot of people uh, make fun of them because they have legitimately the worst linebacking core in the history of the NFL. Um, I think their best best linebacker on the roster, I think, is Malcolm Smith. Which who? Yeah, uh, that 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 was looking pretty good uh, back in 2014, but it's not looking super good now. Um, basically, the thing is, can Baltimore even move the ball a lick with all of their injuries? And if the, and if they can, then I retract all of my previous statements. And Baltimore does do in the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit hard for them to keep up with the, with this Raiders offense because of all their injuries. And I think that's the only reason why the Raiders win the game. If uh, both teams are fully healthy, uh, I would pick Baltimore 100 out of 100 times. But with all the things that we do know, I think the Raiders will affect
1: hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, interesting update, though. Sean Murphy bunting the Buccaneers corner got injured.
0: That is, so that is an interesting blow to the Buccaneers. Uh, he played really, really well last year. So, yeah, that was another one of those guys that, that's a key piece for their defense. So uh, that'll be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, I don't really think it affects the Bucks' chances that much of making the playoffs, but what will that do for them down the line will be interesting to see. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that is an interesting, nice little update. Uh, the last thing I do want to ask you, David, is that if you had to pick a breakout candidate this year as an NFL player, who do you think it's, who do you think it would be
1: breakout candidate this year? Hmm. That was actually a really good question. We are talking like a rookie or just like anyone. They
0: they just have to be a player who is not on, it was not a household name or is not as big as you think they could, they could ascend to this year.
1: Huh? I'm going to have to think about that. Let me think for a second.
0: Well, my pick was JK Dobbins, but then he got injured.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, who's uh trying to think of who would be a good one. Yeah, I mean, uh, what you like to tell
0: what'd you like me to tell you mine? Yeah, what's yours? Um I believe that uh wide receiver Brandon Ayuk for the San Francisco 49ers is going to uh shock a lot of people this year. People don't get me wrong, people know who Brandon Ayuk is. Uh he's a, he's one of the, he's one of those NFL players that a lot of people don't really know how good he is. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo holds him back a lot because Brandon Ayuk is one of those guys that can just burn people over top. He's a physical guy. He's a physical freak. Uh, if you if you played Madden, his physical stats are absolutely insane. Uh, and I think that uh, that Kyle Shanahan is going to have some have something for a lot for some people. And I think Brandon Ayuk is going to going to raise some eyebrows this year. And he's probably my breakout candidate.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pick, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, good receiver. Oh man. That's such a hard one to answer though. You know what? I'll I'm tell gonna... you what.
0: Just uh if, if you don't if you don't have one, you can just save it for the next pod. We'll just open
1: it yeah, up. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have
0: to mmm. Hmm. Maybe you'll change your maybe you'll change your mind after this weekend.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna have to thank because, yeah, J. K. Dobbins was definitely mine. Yeah, I
0: th- I think a lot of people the consensus was that J.K. Dobbins was gonna be the breakout candidate this year. Uh the, the cards were the The planets were aligning for J.K. Dobbins of have a very good year this year. Uh, it's no secret that J.K. Dobbins is a very good back. Uh, he I think it was he averaged like a ludicrous five point something yards a carry last year. It was crazy. Uh, and in the work that he did get, he was he was like a fantasy stud if you could cherry pick the weeks that he was getting carries. Um, and a lot of people thought he was going to do that again this year, but unfortunately for the Baltimore Ravens, the injury bug did catch them. And we do not get to see how good JK Dobbins will be this year.
1: Yeah, and it kinda of sucks. So
0: Yeah, that's uh it's one of the it's one of those unfortunate things that the Ravens injuries uh just sucks because the Ravens, uh, were one of those teams that a lot of people thought we're gonna without thought we're gonna take the next step. And unfortunately with all these injuries, I don't think it's gonna happen this year. But uh honestly that's a good place to it's a good place to end it off. Uh this has been Sports Rants and Takes with David and Blake, the uh newly branded podcast we are no longer the coaches don't play sports podcast like we were previously uh the youtube all that stuff will get rebranded and uh we're gonna have to you know get our graphic design team to you know have a new you know jpeg and everything but uh all that stuff is going to be coming here shortly and uh, we're going to hit you guys with another episode next week we're just going to keep it rolling
1: oh yeah see you guys next week or see you